Hey everybody, what is going on? Welcome back to the Typical Creative Podcast. I'm Ashton, your host, and it's such a pleasure to have you. Have you ever had numbers just like leap off of the page and smack you in the face? Or maybe numbers are a nice friend and they're giving you a shoulder massage, relieving some of your anxiety and stress. Either way, we're talking about numbers today and we all interact with numbers and data and money in some cases every single day. So while we talk about that with our guest today, let me describe him to you. He is 6'6 or so. He is a wonderful thinker, a very big brain, but an even bigger heart, very ambitious, and yet somehow super chill. So without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Alec Ward. I'm, I'm staying up after this. This is going to be my fuel. For, for what? My extroversion fuel and my ca- caffeinated fuel for the night. What are you staying up for? Uh, this is my last week of grad school. What? Taylor just finished her semester. Yeah. So I'm Today. done Friday. So I have a couple more projects to finish up Let's and go. things to write. And um, I great. will graduate on Wednesday, next Wednesday. Do you have to do digital walking? Yes. Not physical walking? Not physical walking. Is that normal or is that like what they're doing because of Corona? Yes, they're, they're doing it because of COVID. Um, so it saves you a plane ticket. Saves me a plane ticket. Uh, makes my heart very sad. Not not very excited about that. About the missing on the digital walking thing or just that you're graduating? Oh, about the walking thing. It, oh. it, it, it feels like not an appropriate end to like years of investment and, and, and the people, you know, like I think graduation was going to be an exciting kind when of you like, like your cohort. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like, like another excuse to see your friends. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, and we've already, you know, we, we've said no to times together in recent months. Yeah. And so I think we were all thinking, well, by graduation, mm-hmm. we'll have the vaccine and probably cases will be lower and travel restrictions will stop, which all of that is um, true. Tr- like trending. It's, yeah, exactly. It's a great trajectory. However, not enough for the state of Oregon to feel comfortable like yeah. holding large events like that, which I understand Dang. and I will respect their, you know, their decisions. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. But it is, it is a, uh, it's a disheartening finish, but we've all given something up and lost things in the last year plus. So yeah, that's just the way it is. And I, I'm okay with that. I just want to find a way to celebrate and enjoy otherwise. So, yeah, but, but it's that's a, super great. It's <laughs> an exciting end. It's like, yes. Well, I've got this degree and now I don't have to like do it every week and be stressed out. Now I can add one more thing. <laughs> yeah, now, now I'm going to take can, on two more projects. Now I can replace it with something else. <laughs> you guys just wait and see what's coming soon. You just, just wait. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm very excited to say yes to social events again and to see oh, people man. more often. I, yeah. I, I say no a lot. You'll say yes to all the no's you've had yes. rather than yes to something brand new. I hope so. That's my goal. <laughs> That's I mean, my goal. Okay, well, so let's jump into this a little bit. I want to talk to you about some of the finance stuff. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Because clearly, you know, as the driven person that yourself describe as, the lankiness doesn't really have anything to do with this, but it's nice just for a visual image. If you're picturing like Gumby right now talking. Just less green. What's the, I think he's blue. Oh. Or he's like blue. This is awkward. Uh, <laughs> yeah, is I there, feel awkward. Well, I'm just going to be total sidetrack. Is there any iconic lanky character that you can think of? Cause I'm, I mean, maybe I'm bringing up childhood wounds or something here. 
<laughs> like people bullying you or something. Which, if that's the case, I am extremely sorry. No, it's fine. I can take it. It's cool. <laughs> I'll just suppress it further. He's crying. <laughs> Currently, just lanky kidding. and crying. Okay, hold on. Last week, I did an episode with Josh Bashand, and I found myself while I was editing thinking, man, Ashton, you're such a jerk because Josh is such a nice, genuine guy. Absolutely. And I'm like, okay, don't do it again next week. Don't That's do it fine. again I can next week. I'm already off to a bad start. So. I can take it. Anyway, That's iconic, fine. lanky characters. Um, I don't know if I can think of an iconic, lanky character, especially in a positive light. <laughs> the only thing I think about is the horrible, dark... <laughs> figure we all know as slender man oh yeah slender man yeah i was gonna think of um this is a kind of a deep reference but samurai jack on yeah, cartoon network absolutely the bad guy i think his name was aku aku he was like a spirit of sorts he mm. could like morph into different things anyway i just kind of thought of that which i don't know that's yeah, I super just, random i just you know and i don't i don't consider linky a bad thing i just take my time and every every person's two-step is probably one of mine that's right and I'm just kind of wandering through life at my own little pace. <laughs> Big I don't pace. have to move as fast as everyone. I don't have to try as hard to yeah. move as fast as there everyone you else. Go. And that so. I think describes you pretty well is that that mentality of I don't have to try as hard to move faster than you. That's fair. Because that drivenness is really is definitely there. As I mean, I worked with you for a long time right. and I knew you well before that. Mm -hmm. I think when I first met you, I was like, oh, this dude's way chill. Yes. And I think you still chill, yeah, chill, but like it's more about the way you carry yourself than your actual lack of activity. Because mm -hmm. I think you carry yourself with like a chillness. Yeah. But sometimes too chill. You're I feel out like kicking I, uh, A and taking names, you know, that's right. I'm working on it. That's the goal. <laughs> do, <laughs> Since do, it's my name, I can say like, kicking ash, kicking ash and taking names. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, that's the goal. I, I want everyone to know that I'm doing it, but I don't need to be boisterous about it so there's this drivenness in you sure and i think it's pushed you in a lot of different directions it's pushed you in music it's pushed you in social atmospheres it's pushed you in jobs it's pushed you in jobs again <laughs> and yeah. it's pushed you into a lot of different spaces that maybe have been unexplored um yeah. either by you or even by other people in that same like area of life or whatever yeah so i wanted to just kind of talk to you about like not the nitty-gritty details but just maybe the overarching like yeah. framework behind things like being a bivocational pastor mm -hmm. where the other thing you do is financial stuff, yeah, which is very different than what most people would perceive a worship pastor doing Yes, is doing being the numbers guy, you know, yeah. playing cones of Dunshire. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're like, ben Wyatt. you're the cool accounting guy. As a laggard in the TV world, Alec, I'm so proud of you for getting this reference. Good job, buddy. I I did catch that one. Yes, I did catch that one. Uh, it's definitely different, and it is interesting. I've had several conversations with friends who I had one conversation with someone who is also a worship pastor that specifically said whenever I was talking about, "Hey, I'm going to take this job in lending," on top of the stuff of the church, uh, they said, "Oh, if it's anything to do with numbers, like you'll be great at it." That was their first comment. And I was like, "Okay, cool." Like. So I'm not crazy, right? Like that makes sense to, to them because they know me well and yeah. made some, you know, like we were talking about it and just kind of hmm. just, just discerning and thinking through things. Um, I think I've, yeah, I've never connected to creativity, broadly speaking, in a way that I felt like was um, 
easily identifiable mm. with what like the cultural kind of um, stereotype of creativity, which is yeah. one reason I love all these conversations that you're yeah. having because it really is like, I feel like I'm a creative person. I feel like I'm a yes. creative problem solver. Absolutely. Come up with new solutions, new mm-hmm. ways of thinking, new ways of being like new ways we can approach problems. Yep. But it that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm lazy or that I dress a certain way or that I yeah. have to kind of live to this artistic persona or say certain phrases sure. or which again, no shame to that persona. None at all. Because there's I love it. Plenty of that which I'm like not just entertainment, but it does bring the soul back into the mm-hmm. hardworking life that a lot of people just grind for. Oh yeah. So it's yeah. really not a it's not a statement of discontentment. It's just a matter of saying, no, there's just more. Exactly. And I think I spent a lot of time trying to, I wanted to be like that. Yeah. And I, I, I admire people like that. I just realized that. Yeah. I want to be interesting. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) totally. But if I'm going to be true to myself in the way that a lot of, again, you know, there's this like stereotype that I'm kind of perceived or that I'm talking about, but the way that I would hear people talk about authenticity or being true to yourself, I really took that to heart. I think it's a gift to learn those things and to act that way and be that way. But if I'm really thinking about what, what that means for me to be true to myself and how, how I live and the, 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 the decisions I make and how I dress, it actually just comes out differently than it does for a lot of other people. And that's okay. So I'm learning, yeah. I'm learning more and more to be comfortable with that and what that looks like. Yep. So I think for me that involves pushing into spaces that were unexplored. I like what mm-hmm. you said earlier. Um, one of those for me is, yeah, like thinking more mechanistically and being numbers driven yeah. and data driven. And I think those are things in my life that came up a lot. Yeah. But for you, like, and I've had conversations with you, so I feel safe saying this yeah. and just assuming that you go, yep, that's kind of it. Sure. Um, is data for you doesn't just stay on the page. It represents something. Oh yeah. And so because it isn't just numbers for numbers value sake of numbers being numbers. Right. Right there's a, there's a cause and effect to the numbers and the charts and the stats and the trends and all that stuff Yes, I love that. that I think that's actually what you're really kind of looking at is it's this very future oriented, like investing or things like that. It's like, well, if I look at these, I can see action. Mm -hmm. It's not just a matter of like, Oh, that's what did happen. It's what is going to happen next. Yes. So it's almost like sports in some ways, or it's like, you know, there's just an active nature to it, which I think is a lot different than what people think of accounting, which is just, you know, oh, the yeah. classic like, no, yeah, it's not, I'm not, I'm not into record keeping or like bookkeeping or something yeah. like that. I do think even in church stuff in the context that we've worked together in the past, I think statistics in your church are a huge value added. Like if you can accurately capture data and extrapolate on it and identify trends and it's not just a tool to puff up your ego or to track, you know, butts and seats, as they say. But <laughs> yeah. numbers and the way you interpret numbers and gather numbers have an end. And in, in a church context, that's people, communities, mm-hmm. life change, yeah. uh, mission, whatever your kind of context is. Right. But you need to have both the intuition that I think a lot of pastors have and a lot of creative people have. That's kind of like, again, the stereotype that we have of them. Yeah. But we need to have these more, yeah, fact driven, um, creative ways of dealing with things that are traditionally thought of as boring or lame. And then those two things actually have a conversation 
and yes. we need to be in dialogue about it. And the interpretation of those numbers is the biggest thing. I've, I love what you said. Right. The use of the numbers is, yeah. is, is a huge thing. So yep. it's helpful in any kind of context. Like the numbers aren't in themselves a trophy. They're just a means of comprehending where you are currently. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's really, that ends up being a lot of people's demise is, um, you know, as a, as a sports fan, people will say, oh, well, you know, your quarterback is a bust because look at the stat sheet. Right. Like, yeah, but we won like five games. And then you go look at this other quarterback and they were fourth in the whole NFL and they won four games. Yep. So I guess my quarterback has a better team around them. Yeah. But the stat sheet shows something different. Mm-hmm. But he's more of a winner than this other guy. Yep. So it's just like, There's it doesn't so really mean anything. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything on its own. Exactly. So it's like, stop isolating everything. And I think that's, that's one of the other driving forces of kind of the, the heartbeat of this podcast really Mm -hmm. is that there's creativity in like the finance financial world that you're working in. But there's also this like sense of community. Yeah. Because again, it's not a, this isn't a claim or statement against the typical creative. Right. This is a claim and statement that we're all, we should just redefine what it means to be a typical creative person, which I would redefine as everybody. Right. Sorry. Spoiler alert. If you didn't catch on yet, (laughs) everyone's creative, but sort of not exploiting that, but, but showing that off Mm -hmm. in people and in the things that they've already discovered. One of my secret little goals of every episode is to have the person across from the table feel like, not in a sense of like, I was just counseled, but that they were encouraged to realize how much creativity they actually had. Right. Like, I think that's great. If you thought it was here, I want to raise the bar. Yep. It's actually up here. Yep. Absolutely. No matter how high or low that bar was to start, I want to raise it so that you walk away thinking, yeah, actually I do have more creativity than I even realized. Yeah. Calling that out in people is so important because yeah. a lot of even people I work with today in a lending environment at a bank for <laughs> yeah. lack of a better term. Um, those people are not creative. They would never call themselves creative. Oh yeah. They're they're Most people are looking for something mm-hmm. where they can just sit at a desk and just kind of type away. And I love the environment sure. that I'm a part of right now and the, the environment that I get to kind of influence both from like a, what does my team look like working at a bank, but also the way we interact with customers and people and things like that, because people don't come to you for a financial service or for financial advice. Um, they usually don't want you <laughs> rattling off numbers to them. Yes. They don't, they don't care for them. Like how you said, the numbers are attached to something. Yes. It could be, these numbers are my future. These numbers mm-hmm. are my retirement. These numbers are my kids. These numbers are my kids' education. Yeah. These numbers are my family. This is my house where yeah. I live, my community, where I invest my life. Not, not, not just my money, but my time. Yeah. What kind of community do I build? So, having people that think creatively or work in problem solving kind of Mm -hmm. um, that apply that method to finances broadly as broad of a world as that is. Right. It's Um, not just like, well, if you gamble your stocks here, you could get out of debt and then you could retire. It's like, yeah, yeah, that might be creative. I would say maybe that's more gambling (laughs) Uh, by definition taking, which I guess is its own form of creativity. But sure. I do like how the framework you're kind of setting around that where it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, that's, that's community creativity all sort of like mashed into this wonderful meal of mm-hmm. like this delicious meal. It's not just, you know, right. 
separate things. It's a full sandwich. And part of what like, numbers are part of our world, even to use music as an example, I remember, yeah. you know, I've given private lessons to kids in music in the past and talking to their parents is one of the most interesting relationships you've experienced this. I'm sure as yes. teaching music, you know, <laughs> and you might have this great relationship with the kid and they're really learning a lot. I always liked the parents better, actually. I kind of, I like, can, I can find Anyone who's that. a student that I taught, it's not that I don't like you. Right. It's that frequently your parents were just much nicer because you were probably an awkward teenager. Absolutely. 100%. But <laughs> trying to come up with concepts to interpret what's happening between you and the student in terms of like what they're learning, the lessons that they're oh, accomplishing. Yeah. Um, the report I, card. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's hard. How can you, you know, give them A, B, C, or D? Yeah tell them that they're passing or failing and still communicate meaning and value and creativity. And my favorite, like growth improvement, yep. things are actually changing and getting better. Right. Um, are you just failing or are you failing forward? Yeah, like, exactly. Did they mess up because they didn't practice enough or did they mess up because they actually couldn't play it at all before? Mm -hmm. But so one of the like, most wow. important parts of that, I think for me is I would find myself communicating to parents. Music is numbers. Music is a language. Music is a system. Yeah. And what, what I love about it as a musician is that I get to learn a number system. I get to learn a mathematical kind of embedded into the universe. We have this system of numbers yeah. that when engaged with evoke like emotion and beauty and art, but the two are not like opposed to each other. They layer over each other. I wish yeah. that was more of a norm in right. architecture, you know, churches, yeah. our cities, like you need money to do stuff, but mm -hmm. the money can be used. Um, it's a resource to be leaned into. Yeah. Um, all the, all the typical moral lessons you've learned as a kid are, are still true. You can't be greedy. You can't be like, you mm -hmm. can't gamble it all away. Sure. But I w I think there's a lot of value to be added into conversations around money and finances and all these sorts of things. Even something as simple as a budget yeah. or not going to Starbucks a lot or, <laughs> going to Starbucks a lot yeah. because the money, the currency, the way you live your life and spend your money is just a reflection of yeah. how you view everything. And so I think that there's a lot of space to be had in that realm on how we use money and yep. lean into it. Um, and I'm just now dabbling into it, but I see them as actually quite interrelated. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I, I love the way that you said that, like it's all, it's all basically interconnected. It's like there's yeah. this intrinsic language of the universe between music and the numbers and all of it invoking emotion and sort of like, you know, I think that's like, let me back up a little bit. I used to have this term mm. called practical creative mm -hmm. because I'm a more logistical person. I like to optimize stuff. Like I like to sort of take things that are like, if someone has an idea, it's like a bird body. I want to put wings on the bird so it mm -hmm. can actually fly. Yeah. Someone's just thinking about a bird being able to fly, but I'm like, you know what? I'm actually going to give it wings. Cause like, I love that like implementation stage, but I'm not the ideas person. Yeah. And so I came up with this term called practical creative because essentially it allowed me to go, well, you know, I've been labeling myself as a creative, but I don't feel like it. Yeah. But then there is this language, you know, even for music, I think you probably are similar, but yeah. as soon as I learned the number system or like the, right. the watered down version of the Nashville number system, you know, the, the Christianese version. <laughs> yes. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it was like, it was so enlightening to be like, Oh, if we play the four, it feels like this. Yes. 
If exactly. we go from the four to the five to the six, it feels like this. I'm like, oh, okay. So then if I wanted an emotion or I wanted to change a chord progression or I wanted something to feel different, mm-hmm. I actually knew the numbers to apply as like a system over the top of it. Exactly. And I kind of wonder if there's even things like that in, like if that's what intuition actually is, is this like, it's a system we don't know how to communicate. Yeah. But it's like you actually already, you maybe just have the, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, this is going to make me feel old. Um, you remember the laminate projectors? Oh yeah. So it's like you put the little like yeah. thing on there. I don't even know how to make the sound, but it's just like little the transparency. The transparency. Yeah. There it is. You slide that that sucker on and <laughs> it would uh put the light of that thing on the whatever, right. you know. There's <laughs> like a light underneath and like there's like a mirror. The transparency. You have the you have the uh, map, yeah. the overlay basically yeah. Yeah. to put on top of things. And that's like what the the um social intuition is. Yep. But it's not as explainable exactly or like maybe you have a knack for seeing logistics connect dots you know like i've always told people well i'm trying i'm trying to say this more this way because i think it makes more sense it's like a clearer description of what i actually am saying Mm -hmm. when someone hears an idea or says an idea and i say hold on i don't know if that works what i'm actually saying is let me figure out how this could work Mm mm-hmm but people usually hear, oh, he doesn't like my idea. Mm-hmm. But I'm almost never saying that. Like, right. if I don't like your idea, I'm going to say, what else you got? Yeah. You know, but I'm not going to say, oh, I don't know if that works just yet. Because I'm actually thinking about how do we get this? How do we put gas in the car so it can drive? Exactly. How do we do like, I'm trying to connect all these dots that I can bring my type of creativity to the whole thing. It's like I mentioned, just as another illustration, like I mentioned architecture yeah. earlier. Like we look at buildings and whether they're or even different styles, like whether it's medieval or it's Gothic or it's like a really modern, you know, city skyline. We look at architecture and we think that's beautiful. I want to live there. I want to be there. This, this speaks to me, but what's actually behind that beautiful building was someone with a degree in Mm -hmm. who's a great math wizard yeah. They, they, they draw things. They are, they, there are engineers involved. You oh, have yeah. to consider where the weights at mm-hmm. all these different factors that are almost purely numbers based. Yeah. And they come together to create something that people can love and enjoy and, yep. you know, live it. It has a function, has right. a purpose. It can have um, an artistic expression. It can, it can have moods and those, vibes and exactly. Yeah. And none, none of those things are conflicting. They actually work together I think I've spent a lot of my time with people that live mostly in the, I want this to feel this way. And yeah. I love that. I'm actually all about that. Yeah. Whether, I mean, you could apply that kind of thinking to all sorts of scenarios. But for me, I think realizing being true to myself, what kind of creative am I? I'm learning. I'm in process. Like I, I don't yeah. feel like I've arrived anywhere. Sure. I'm just coming to some understanding that like, oh, for me, these things and the things I can bring to myself, my community, my family are thinking in that way. How mm-hmm. can I overlay numbers and money or whatever? And I'm not a math wizard by any means. I just feel yeah. like my world has opened a little bit more to that. Like I you're think, almost like the, uh, the translator. Yeah. It's like, like an because, interpreter. Because for you, you can actually relate to everybody. Mm-hmm. Like you've punched the numbers, but you've also wrote a song. 
you know, you've, you play guitar, but you also type really fast. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's like all these different things where you can kind of connect the dots. Right. Um, you know, and it's just, I think for you, maybe that's like, that's actually your skill is you're like the, you're like the team leader. You're the meeting leader. You can kind of say, Hey everybody, uh, Hey, you have this skill. So when we come to this, you need to talk the most. Yeah. I've always, I've always considered it very, yeah, I've always considered it very managerial. It's like, I'm not some visionary leader. That's like, I have this great idea. We almost follow my idea because it's the best idea. If I say something like that, it's probably because I like opened my journal and I was like, <laughs> let's think through which idea is the best idea. And then, you know, I'm like, hmm, thinking yeah, about all these I different things. I don't just things. think my idea is the best all the time. <laughs> no, yeah, not me. Not guilty. Totally, I would never uh-uh, do that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so, yeah, in general, I mean, yeah, I'm kind of like trying to just objectively, and when I say objectively, I mean really yeah. because I know, a per- like it is subjective to a degree. I know someone, I, I know this person, I know what skills they have, yeah. but like, yeah, whenever we make a team or make a portfolio or make mm-hmm. whatever individual thing you're bringing together yeah. to make it a part of something, it needs to become something more than the sum of its parts. Like it's yes. not just numbers. It's not just a right. portfolio. It's not just a team. It's not just human resource. Right. Like in terms it's like, of it's how like many employing positions do you have? Food isn't just calories. Yeah, Cooking it's isn't just, it's not just the sum of the calories. Yeah. It's the way that the flavors enhance and the temperatures do things and the textures. And, and whenever you meet someone or you're around someone that's so like different. knows that. And as a part, and again, I'm not even really putting myself in that camp. I'm just realizing I'm pushing into that world. Yeah. And what that means for me living in Joplin at this time of my life with the community that I'm a part of moving into, for me, it was finance and that type of thing. There's something there for me that I'm trying to pursue. And that's actually the most, that's the way I can be true to my creativity. Mm. Like where I feel drawn to. Yeah. It would be wrong of me to be like, Oh, I don't do that because I'm creative for me. Being creative actually means pushing into it. Even if people don't get it, even if people think it's like, even if we just misunderstand, or we haven't had a chance to talk about it or what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And that, that's totally okay. Yeah. But I actually think it's staying true to myself in the season I'm in and just where I feel like God's calling me to and like what, what my community needs. There are so many factors to be yeah. considered. Um, but I think it's a really great process to push into yep. what it means to be creative for me. It's just numbers and money right now. Yeah. But yeah, as a, you know, I think this is one of those things that really cracks me up. And I was thinking, I don't know why I was thinking about this recently, but this is all coming together nicely in my brain. So I want to talk about it. Sure. I had somebody say something about how they were frustrated that churches talked about tithing. They talked that churches talk about money or whatever. Right. And I was thinking, you know, I agree because not that I think churches shouldn't talk about money, but I actually hate, the way that most churches talk about money because it's always with an end goal in mind. Yeah. And it's not usually about heart reform. Right. Even if it's, even if it's somewhat clothed in that, or it's like paired with that where it's like, Hey, you get this, but also there's this other benefit. Right. It's, um, I would love to hear and not even just religious people, but people who are even thinking about tax write-offs who, they're just generous because they're trying not to pay the government. They'd rather pay it to a charity. Right. I, there's something to it where I, I just wish there was something more to the way that people 
relate to money because money, the way you, the way you spend or don't spend or invest your money says a lot about not just what you care about, but who you care about, how much you care about things. And I think that if you're, you know, if your generosity is measured by a dollar amount rather than like a percentage or even a motivation, um, I think you missed it. Yep. And it's just like money is one of those things that can completely control you. Absolutely. Um, and I don't think anybody would be like, oh yeah, they're controlled by money. Cause I think it's actually unfortunately more normal. And so yeah. I wanted to kind of even ask you about this because I've been thinking about this a lot randomly, which I don't do a lot of thinking, but lately I have been. So <laughs> anyway, um, how do you see that? Um, as someone who actually moves people's money around, yeah. um, cause you run, you have your own like personal shift investing. Like, could you describe what shift investing is? So I don't botch it. Yeah, absolutely. So shift investing is a early stage, uh, fund. I hesitate to say hedge fund. It's very different in its goal. Uh, yeah. essentially it is a fund in its early stages that I would love to soon launch into something larger that specifically leverages uh, diff- new and different types of yeah. investment vehicles that are constantly coming onto the market um, to specifically help younger people uh, invest in places that are still in early stages yeah. um, so that we can be more successful in the long term um, and that we can take care of our families and our communities and just invest in what our future is. Yeah, I think that's something that um, whether you love capitalism or hate capitalism, I won't get into that, but older generations did that really well in their own way. It's not, I do not think our current generation should just copy what the baby boomers did. <laughs> sure. We need to change it and make it our own thing and change the world we live in for right. a variety of reasons that we could not right. talk about. However, the the principle I think is still there yeah. that we want to invest in our communities in our country, in our world more importantly to me, but there are lots of ways to do that. Mm -hmm. And those things are changing constantly. Yes. And the the forms in which you do that, uh, the way that we work, even like the rise of the gig economy and freelancers and contractors, there need to be more options available for people to take what they do have. However little, however much it is, is kind of irrelevant and invest it in vehicles that are good for them and their family for the longer term. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I kind of specifically kind of research and study what those are. I mean, just last week, more products came out. We've talked about this lots, but there, <laughs> there are so many ways to invest your money, which we could talk about more in yeah. detail if you want to, but yeah, I kind of manage that, watch that every day. It's kind of my hobby. Are you referring so. to crypto and crypto is part stuff, of it. Or is there other things that you're, yeah, there, sort of- there are lots of other things. Um, so, you know, I think when people think about investing, they usually think of the stock market, right? That's kind of yeah, the infamous to. stock market. I bought Tesla. <laughs> I bought the stocks. I bought all the stock <laughs> stocks only go up. That's yeah. it. It's like um, all the Walmarts. Yes. Yes. The stocks. And I bought GameStop, you know, <laughs> okay. that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, and I, I have a Robinhood account. Yes. I have a Robinhood account and those things are great. I'm actually all for that. Like sure. I, 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 I think love it's the curiosity. Great. I can say at least that much. Absolutely. Oh, I, I agree. I'm so glad that Robinhood and free brokerage accounts yeah. and stocks um, are available to anyone all the time. I think it's a great thing. Yeah. I think there is a huge need for a more sophisticated way 
yeah. of investing our money that feels less risky. I think yeah. there are lots of platforms and ways um, that you can do that. Um, Wall Street and the financial industry, broadly speaking, is constantly changing and it's mm-hmm. evolving to society, to yeah. the world that we live in. It is not a thing to be fought against. It's yeah. a thing to be a part of and uh, invest in because I think we all actually deep down want to create a better world. You can demonize people all you want to. Sure. Um, but I think there's something we really want to use what we have mm-hmm. on our planet for good. Yeah. So there are lots of industries and companies um, that are constantly creating products related to the stock market. Yeah. Um, that are available to be invested in. So I primarily don't do a lot in stocks. I have about a third of the fund in stocks and like, that's it. Uh, most of it is in what's called. Don't do much. Trading. Just a third. Just a third. <laughs> most people would do more, yeah. you know, um, but I have a lot of positions. I think fixed income is important, which is like bonds. I think mm-hmm. most people don't know that the bond market is like by far there. There's more money in the bond market yeah. than there is in the stock market. Sure. Now is, is that exciting? No. Because you buy a bond and you wait like 30 years for it to mature and you're like, I have more money. It's not exciting. It's not flashy. Yeah, it's not cool. I think that's what's interesting about Robinhood is that, and Robinhood is just the big one, right? So there's plenty of others. So I'm just going to use it as sort yeah, of like absolutely. people say Ziploc or Kleenex, but that's not what those are. Those are brands, right? You know, plastic bags and tissues <laughs> are the actual product, but Robinhood yeah. being a placeholder for this type of thing, yeah. it really is this like, instant success. Like I put this in and then the next day I pulled out 20% gains. That's like the concept that everybody wants it to be. Cause yeah. it's essentially, it's like better. It's a better scratch ticket. Yeah. You know, it's like, what did it's almost like a weird rites of passage. Like what did you do when you're 18? Did people yeah. say, did you get a scratcher? Right. Did you buy right. cigarettes? And it's like, but right. it's like every time you hit a new threshold of permissions, uh, people are like, did you do that? Did you have a drink? Did you do this or that? It's like, well, Mm-hmm. Okay. But I feel like Robin hood kind of was that for a lot of people where it's like, I'm an adult now. I have a I job. Have, have stocks. Look, I bought and I made gains on the stock market. Right. It was like just another, it was another like flex to be like, look guys, I am a grown up. And that's different than investing. That's yeah. my big point that I always harp on. It's like, yes, investing is not buying stocks. Stocks are a vehicle you could choose to invest in if you want to but there are very real risks involved. Uh, there are particular ways to do it. Uh, it is an entire complex machine. I, I personally look at the market as, like the market is not a thing to beat or a thing to understand. Uh, the market is what is. The market yeah. is the collective opinion yeah. of everyone. It's the decisions that we make. Yeah. It's the fear that we feel about certain variables or risks present in our world today. Again, you're talking about all of these human yeah. interactions to data. Absolutely. You know, so again, it's, I think I just want to tie that back together while you keep yeah, talking absolutely. about this is it's, it's not just numbers on a page. It's, it's this creative perspective towards it all, which I actually, I'm not even mm-hmm. sure how creative it really is because I think a lot of people who are engaged in it, get it. Mm-hmm. But for people who aren't, Right. It does take some creativity to get there to go, oh, 
Yeah. I think it's, that is different. Yeah. It's at least not what the media wants you to think. Not, the to, sound, media. not to sound like Tucker Carlson or something. <laughs> the left. But like, <laughs> it's not, it's not, if you turn on CNBC, it's oh, not what they're going to talk about. They're yeah. going to tell you what to buy and what to sell. Yeah. And, but that really gets back to what we, we were talking about earlier. Like, if greed is the driver, yeah. if your only goal is I'm going to buy stocks because I want to make money, yep. good luck. You could do it. Right. People have done it. I understand right. that. But there's a terrible dark side too yeah. of people that have lost money. Yeah. Terrible things have happened because of like yeah. decisions people have made. And, and not just a few. Not just, exactly. Plenty. Lots <laughs> of people. Unfortunately, plenty. And as dark and twisted as this sounds, I think that's actually, that's what the machine, <laughs> that's what the market yeah. The, that huge amalgamation that I'm, you know, ambiguously <laughs> referring to as the yeah. market. Um, <laughs> the it's, death star. it's looking for people like that to kind of like, ac- it like accidentally feeds on them. Yeah. Whenever you run all in and like, take my money, mm-hmm. it doesn't really go well. And the thing yeah. that we intended to invest in our world and use for good and collectively, you know, mm-hmm. move capital around and well, and like to create a better world. Uh, becomes a thing that like destroys people. Right. And they're constant. They, you know, wall street is constantly coming out with products to help people invest differently mm-hmm. in different things. Like you mentioned crypto earlier. Yeah. Those crypt, like you could go buy Bitcoin. And then I think it was a huge change when companies like square, yeah. uh, PayPal, you were able to buy Bitcoin yeah. from an app or something like sure. that. And the price is way different. Localized. It was yeah. so easy to get it. But like that, you know, has proliferated beyond even what we understand. Yeah. And it's going to continue, in my personal opinion, because... Yeah, it's not going anywhere for a while. Not because of what people... It's not because it's going to replace the U.S. dollar. It's not because it's going to become everyone's currency in 20 years necessarily. There's more to it than that. There are more products being created like that are related to Bitcoin, related to cryptocurrency... It's about the technology and what's going to be available to us whenever we utilize these technologies and mm-hmm. these systems, these codes that people have come up with oh, yeah. that will actually create a more, hypothetically, a more equitable world, mm-hmm. um, a more secure world in some yeah. sense, and not to exclude other things, but to yeah. just have that seat at the table be available for this particular asset yeah. and to know how it interacts with the U.S. dollar, for example. Sure. Um, those, the, these are very complex things to think about and to right. think about different cultures, to, to watch the American market, to the European market, to the mm-hmm. Asian market every day, the way that they interact, the world is in a conversation revolving, where do we put our money? Yeah. What do we think about our governments? What do we think about political yep. situations? What do we think about the environment is a huge thing right now. Like, yeah, I wish the investors would, would be on board with the rest of the world of yeah. realizing this. Well, and I think that's actually a point I want to make (laughs) is that like you could listen to what politicians say about the way they think about the world or view the world or a metric like the market, broadly speaking, can be another way that you can see how people think about the world. For example, do people, did Tesla have a crazy year this last, like if you bought Tesla 14 months ago and you still, you still have it today or you sold a couple months ago, props to you. You just made a killing. If your goal was to make a lot of money, that may not have been the most ideal scenario. But what does it tell you? That means the world believes in EV and electric vehicles. Yep. 
in a more green world, in a company that invests in solar panels, in better batteries, in precious metals. That tells you yeah. something, especially when you know the price appreciation of Tesla in comparison with copper futures. Yep. Like how 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 are we going to build a world that's more green if we're if we're not burning, you know, petroleum products? We're probably going to use electricity, right? Yeah. And we need copper for the electricity. So my point, and all these things have appreciated over the last year, sure, to an insane degree. Yeah. Because actually people do believe in a more green world. They're actually putting their money there yeah. to invest in it. Oh, for to sure. To build it. Even well, if politicians would get up and say... And they like, see no. the writing on the walls to say, we can't stop momentum. Yeah. So we're going to get on board with the momentum. Because again, like you were saying, like the, um, the, the stock market is a vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like a... <laughs> it's like the weather. You can predict the weather, but the weather is going to happen whether you predicted it or not. Yeah. So you can either dress appropriately because you saw the prediction of the weather yep. or you could be surprised Yep. and you can just roll with it and you yep. can say, nope, it's not going to be 80 degrees today. But when it's 80 degrees, guess what? Yep. You were wrong. So you can either like get on board and say, no, there are systems and there are vehicles and there are things that tell us what is next or what's coming or yep. what is now even. I think some yep. people are unfortunately delusional or in <laughs> denial about what even currently is exactly. Um, but I feel like I'm getting a little nebulous cause I don't want to attack anybody. No. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. It's hard not to have an it's opinion. So hard, yeah. yeah. Your, your money speaks, especially cause you know, I'm one of those people that I don't want to attack people when they can't have a conversation with me. So like I would attack you right now if we didn't agree on something cause we could talk about it. Sure. But if someone's just listening, I don't want to say something that they can't respond to. So if I did offend you already, hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM. Let's talk about it. Absolutely. Cause I don't, I don't want, I'm not here for controversy. I'm here for conversation. Yep. That's know? great. And I think, you know, just to make one last kind of illustration, that's all the market is buying and selling up and down, you know, uh, cash open daytime trading and the nighttime futures trading. It's a conversation. It's a yeah. people constantly adjusting to what other people are saying and doing and thinking. I think that's, Beautiful. I've like told people before, I think it's like the stock market has taught me more about myself. It's the coolest nerdy world. I know it's so nerdy. It's the coolest nerdy thing though. It is. But tell me what's more revealing about your heart and what are you actually (laughs) greedy or not than putting your money out there? And how do you react to to that risk? Do you, do you stay up late? Can you not sleep because you're thinking about how much Bitcoin you just bought and you're afraid it's going to crash in the morning? That should tell you something about, yeah. who you are, yeah. the world you live in and how you spend your money. Yeah. And I think it's actually, it's a, it's a great mirror on an individual level, right. on a communal level, on a world level. Of course, yeah. you know, that sounds so flowery and wonderful, but I think yeah, part of it's cute. true. That's true. And you could sit there and analyze percentages and stuff all day. And I think that's important, but the two things again are not, they're not mutually exclusive. They actually yeah. work together really well. So anyway, I think my kind of whole goal is to change everyone's perspective especially young people. Cause I think we're behind, but so is that where the name came from? It is shift investing it to is. shift to your perspective. Mm-hmm. I like that. It's an Instagram bio. That's really cool. Yeah. Like just that. because, yeah, I think there's just a lot out there where we can just change our mind on what, mm-hmm. what money is. And again, it's not to retire in Florida with your grandparents <laughs> necessarily. I don't like humidity, so yeah. I'm not going to retire in Missouri or Florida. If that is your goal, that's <laughs> awesome. My goal as someone who works in this and has worked in it more and more is to just 
help advise people and kind of coach people on like, what's your goal in life? And what do you, what do you want to use your money for? Let me then help you kind of lay out a path for that. But it's funny because the hardest part is most people don't know what they want. Yeah. They just feel like they're supposed to put their money to well, work. Well, it's hard to figure that out too, it is. honestly, you know, it is. I think there's one other thing I just wanted to say about all of that is you're saying, you know, we're both saying this, that money, what you, the way you interact with money says a lot about, um, the things you care about and the way that you are and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think there's an important, just gentle category to sort of divide some of this up into, because you may know a little bit more research about this than I do, but I have heard plenty of things and research about like how the different, you know, if you were to simplify people's perspectives into three categories of people who are poor or in poverty, people who are middle-class and then the upper class mm-hmm. uh, or the wealthy is people who are in poverty view money as a means for community mm. period. So it's just, do I have what I need so that I can be with the people I want to be with people in the middle class view money mm. as security. Mm. So it's all just about security. Like if something bad happens, will I be safe? You know, so the, and then the rich people, people who are wealthy, who have ex, some expendable income view money as status or relational, um, mm. like societal status. Yeah. And so they would, you know, that's why they don't care how much their car costs. They care what people think of the car. Mm-hmm. And so you start to see the blurring of some of those lines, depending on where you sit in your financial mind frame or mindset, whatever. Right. Um, But I do think that's important too, because again, this comes back to behavior and motivation are not the same thing. Yeah. Sometimes somebody who's investing in the stock market, they're trying to like middle-class people are thinking about the stock market as security. So maybe a middle-class person who's invested in Bitcoin is freaked out that they might lose all their money. Mm -hmm. They're actually concerned as if a robber was breaking into their house. Yeah. But for a rich person, they're thinking, Oh no, I'll have less tomorrow. And then my friends might think less of me. Yeah. So there, but potentially, you know, there's just all these different frameworks that kind of superimpose too. Oh yeah. So I've, I've read everything. that multiple times in lots of different places. So I feel safe being like, this is probably true. No, I think, um, I think that's true. I think what's fascinating though, just like as a, on top of that, to overlay that is overlays on overlays on overlays. It's, it's just, up. Da, 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 da. Um, it's fascinating though, to read how people in different economic classes spend their money. The percentages are shockingly similar. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like by like percentage of how much money you have. What's fascinating, so it's like if we all spend our money the same, roughly the same, like within a few, like a decent margin of error, then is there a way that we can integrate those motivations that are experienced in every class that you just mentioned, being in community, having security, and I would say using my money like yeah. for a purpose or like to achieve status or to yeah. to do something or to build something? Yep. All those are actually really important. Exactly. It's very easy to demonize the other two camps that you're not in. <laughs> or even be frustrated just at your own dilemma too. Yes. I think my dilemma yeah. is worse than everyone else's. If we can somehow bring whatever we do have to mm-hmm. the metaphorical tab- table and realize that what I have plays a huge role in the people in my life. And yes. I think if we can bring all three of those into some sort of integrated self and how we mm-hmm. use our own resources, we kind of all be in a better place. Now, as ridiculous as it sounds, that's a long, arduous, soul-searching <laughs> journey. Yes. <laughs> like, not kidding. Yeah. And so there's a lot to that. 
Yeah. But I think that that's kind of the end goal. Yeah. We have this stuff, especially in America, but we have this stuff and we have these expectations and there's so there are infinite possibilities of what we can do with it. Yeah. What kind of world do we want to create? All right. Don't give me financial advice. Yeah. Um, but if you could leave everyone who chose to stick around and listen to this much of this podcast, if you could leave some sort of not necessarily advice, but something that you just maybe even a mantra for yourself. What is something like the way that you view your money, the way that you view things that are valuable to you in your life? Give me, give me something that's just like, I think this is just valuable. Like no mm-hmm. matter where you stand, I think this might be it, or maybe it's just me or whatever, but I'm just curious. What's something from you that's, you're just like, I think this is valuable. So here it is. Mm-hmm. I think everyone has what they need, should have what they need for today. And whatever decisions you make with your money, let them become an opportunity to think about who you're becoming Hmm. because it says something not to, you know, just to quote something from the Bible where your treasure is that your heart will be also. Not that we need to use that to how you talked about tithing to churches all the time or something. (laughs) Just to like extrapolate the meaning out a little bit. What you do with your money says who you you can become even more Mm -hmm. than who you are. It actually like, it's like one step ahead of that. So with no shame, no judgment, I'm all about if you want to go out in public and spend your money on eating out or going to coffee, that's awesome. Yeah. Because you're that kind of person. Yeah. And you actually worked, you know, you worked hard. You did what you could to get that. Like, don't, I shouldn't go into a rant, but I don't want to create any shame or judgment around topics of money. Let it be an opportunity to think about who you are, who you are and who you're becoming. Mm -hmm. I think if we all did that from the top 1% down to the bottom 1%, we could create a better society, a better world instead of just kind of getting caught up in all the other things that like call for our attention, whether it's greed or, you know, what people think of us or do we get the new car? Do I fit into this neighborhood? I need to live in that neighborhood, not this one feeling shame or guilt that like Dave Ramsey told me I need to stop going to Starbucks. (laughs) It might be good advice for you, maybe, but there's, there are more conversations to be had about what it says about who we are. So if I could just, yeah, if I could say that, yeah. let money tell you who you are and mm-hmm. let it sit in that place yeah. and actually think about it. And is that the kind of person you want to be? Because yeah. you don't have to be. Yeah. I think what I hear in some of that too is um, don't be afraid to look at your habits and why you have them. <laughs> don't just say, I don't want to do that because that's different. Say, I want to do the best thing. So for instance, this is one of those eco geek things that I have. I don't, I genuinely do not understand why people don't bring reusable bags to the grocery store. Right. If we're, I'm not even talking about plastic bags in the trees and landfills and oceans and rivers and whatever. All of that stuff's terrible, right? Yeah. Selfishly, reusable bags are genuinely better. I can have heat and cold bags. I can have bags where I, they don't rip. I can put a ton more stuff in each bag. I can, it's, it's like there's endless, 
better things. I can rep brands that I like while I'm walking around. It's like, there's just so many quality reasons to use reusable bags. I do not understand right. why people don't even try to use them. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I, I'm not even saying I never take a plastic bag. I'm just above that. No, I use a plastic bag. If I don't bring one. Yeah. I take one. If I feel like I need to have enough stuff for a bag. Sure. But like, why deny yourself something good just because you have something that you already know? And I think that that's really one of the big things here is just take a second and look at your money habits and why are those habits there? If you go to Starbucks, Starbucks, you know, again, being a placeholder for a cup shop, not sure. being the sponsor for Starbucks because there's plenty of other great coffee. Absolutely. But if you love going there and that brings joy and happiness and Maybe even you love connecting with the baristas right. or people who hang out there. Right. Go to Starbucks, mm-hmm. go to the coffee shop. Like money is not just there for you to be stored, to feel good. Yep. Use it to make your world better, to make your life better, to make your community better. Mm-hmm. And that is ultimately like the best way to use money. Yep. Th- there are so many decisions to be made in that and so many opportunities for us to be reflective Mm-hmm. Why did I, why did I get a venti instead of a grande? Yeah. Why did I need that? Why did yeah. I get the sugar? Why did I go three times instead of twice? Why did I go <laughs> twice instead of once? Why did I go every, and why didn't I go twice? I'm just, I wanted to, those are data points. <laughs> yeah, those sure. are money oriented conversations, Yeah, but they should not just be that. You shouldn't just not go to Starbucks so that, yeah, you know, you can, Oh, what's the Dave Ramsey thing? Live like no one else now so you can live like no one else later. I hate that. Just my two cents. P.S. I don't know anything about Dave Ramsey. And all I know is that some people love him and some people hate him. I'm just like, I don't really care. If if that's been a great thing (laughs) in your life, like if he's been helpful, that's awesome. But I also know for a lot of people, they're like, I don't get that. I can't do that. Yeah. If we can just change the conversation about the goal is not just to have more money later. (laughs) That like, that's not the goal. That is the goal for some people. (laughs) Sure. And they probably have a good reason for that being their goal. Yeah. There are some people that going to Starbucks. Exactly. Yeah. You might need to go to Starbucks and realize I need to stop spending my money here. Yeah. Like this is actually bad. This is becoming a problem, but you have to kind of self-regulate and you have to kind of think about it. Yeah. And you just have to let it be an opportunity for that. Same thing with growing your money in the future. Just thinking about all these factors and data points really can help us become better people, mm-hmm. can help us be more creative, can help us solve problems. Yeah. And it's something that we engage with every day, constantly. Wow. That was notably better of a conversation than I expected to have when we were going in, knowing we were talking about data and numbers and money. But alas, that's what came out. So thank you, Alec, for coming on and being such a great guest. If you want to connect with Alec, you can do it on Instagram at Alec Ward, A-L-E-C-W-A-R-D-D, and uh, hit him up there. So creatives, let me leave you with this. I think after we've explored a bunch of these conversations, we've continued to find gold nugget after gold nugget from creative places we didn't expect. So what else is there? Let's keep searching. And as always, stay creative. See ya. See ya.